Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, a lot to get to today. First off, as always, shout out in the new year, 2022, we bring them along with us, that's JD Masters and Buddha. Man in the Mirror, our intro-outro song. Go give them some love. YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google. You'll find our dogs, JD Masters and Buddha. Friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, we're back. First episode since our Christmas holiday special. Folks, we did take some time for ourselves to be around our families, enjoy our holidays. So we thank you guys for being patient with us and waiting for our most recent episode dropping now. Hope your holidays were good, Evan. Obviously, uh, lots that we have to talk about, things to catch up on, but pretty, pretty good holiday season for me. How was it for you? It was good. It was good. You know, I uh, spent some time in Reno, Nevada. Uh, hanging out with the fam out there and gambling and drinking and doing all the things you do in Reno, Nevada, which was uh, a good time. And then, you know, New Year's Eve was uh, in Atlanta. Um, so I was I was kind of all over the place. Um, went to the WWE pay-per-view on New Year's Day. Haven't been to a WWE event in forever. And uh, so that was, was kind of fun, you know, bring out the child in me. Um, but, you know, just eventful, man. Um kind of happy to be back in Jacksonville and not really doing much and kind of just, you know, about to, to focus on the grind to start the new year. And, and obviously we're getting back to this as well. I know Dom's been focusing on the grind. That was a kind of part of the reason too, we couldn't record was just cause we're busy boys. You know, the yeah. holiday season is, it's nice to spend time with family and we did that, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really, you know, uh, take a day off for, for those working in sports. So, um, yeah, just, uh, same old, same old, uh, for the most part on this end, other than, uh, you know, being exhausted both financially and, uh, physically. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you, but there, there is, some, there is this nice little piece of mind that you do get from when you kind of get back into your rhythm, like me getting back to Tallahassee, you getting back to Jacksonville. There is a nice little, there, there is a moment of Zen, I guess I find with getting back into, into my rhythm, into my schedule. Uh, it was nice to see family, but I do agree. I'm happy to be back, happy to be back getting, working on some stuff with the podcast and stay, always stay tuned because me and Evan, and guys, we do have a lot of things planned for 2022 that now with some some time freeing up and the football season done for kind of both of us here. We're hoping that uh, we can bring some new fresh content and, and just keep bringing down and out to the places we envision it. But before we do that, uh, we got to stick to the basics because, I mean, NFL Week 17, pretty good week of slates here. Lots of playoff scenarios happening, some teams getting in. But let's just start last night. You know, Big Ben, last game in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, go out, gets a big win against Cleveland. Listen, I know the Browns just aren't the team that they were in, in 2020. 20 and the 2021 season, but no win is guaranteed there. Uh, I told Evan before the show, 
the Steelers defense and Chris Boswell helped win me a fantasy championship. So uh, mucho appreciado to the Steelers and their and the the waving yellow towels. I appreciate you guys, but obviously, you know storybook moment of winning a Super Bowl probably not in Big Ben's future for this season but if you're gonna go out that's a pretty pretty good way to go out in that final home game that definitely was a special moment even if you're not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan of yeah I mean I uh it's weird because I definitely grew up with like a soft spot for the Steelers um the Steelers and Jaguars have like a weird I wouldn't call it a rivalry by any means, but there's just a weird bit of history there between those two teams. And um, oh, going but, going back to 2017, obviously, you know, 2017, I mean, 2007, they used mm-hmm. to be in the AFC Central together back in the late 90s, early 2000s when the Jags were good. So like, there's there's some you know just some moments, but but I always had a soft spot for the Steelers growing up, and and uh, you know, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is kind of one of those guys that you know, it's like Peyton Manning, it's like whoever, where that's a guy that from when we were little kids, you know, we, we saw him playing, um, and, you know, kind of a, just a generational name. And I would say, I mean, there's pretty much no question he's an NFL hall of famer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's nice to see him kind of go out on the W and, you know, that's the, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, kind of Dom alluded to, it wasn't really a storybook ending because, you know, of course you, you know, in his situation, Steelers situation, you know, you're wanting to, you know, clinch the division or something like that on a win right. like that. But, um, you know, it's, you know, it also wasn't an empty win, you know, I mean, they, they kept their playoff hopes alive by winning that game. So, you know, to be able to walk off the field in Pittsburgh one last time, knowing that, you know, you're, that you're still playing for something that, you know, it still matters. You know, I, I know that was a, a big deal for them and all the photos and videos and stuff were, were pretty touching. Well, and, and I think about it this way too. It, let's compare it to a couple seasons ago, Tom Brady's last home game as a Patriot. He throws a pick six and they lose in the playoffs. It's over, and then he trots off the field for the last time at Foxborough, basically throwing a pick six as a loser, right? So, and obviously, you know, Tom goes on and wins the Super Bowl with Tampa, so in the long run, I know that's not that's that's not on his mind too too much but you know those those kind of moments aren't easy to come by so that's why I was like at least at least Ben got something you know he leads in the his last big drive as a Steeler at at the home field he leads down and gets a game ceiling touchdown so you know you 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 take them where you can but it was definitely a like a you know cool moment for the Steelers fans out there and obviously you know for for all the stuff that Ben has given and all the shit that he's gone through and all the the feelings of Steelers fans maybe the those who are ready to move on from him it was pretty clear that the the reception afterwards was uh was, was touching to say the least good good NFL moment for sure no question and uh you know i mean it's uh it's it like it's hard to describe Big Ben. Like it, it, I almost feel like the past like four or five years have made things like you know it's made people kind of forget what he really was like when he was playing in the mid two thousands and the late two thousands, winning Super Bowls and some of the throws and some of the stuff he made. You know, obviously fans don't forget that stuff. I mean, you know, he was part of the offense and arguably the greatest ever Super Bowl game, right? You know, against the Cardinals and you know some of the plays he made in that game are you know forever enshrined in, in NFL history. But it, it's almost easy to forget how good he was. Like just because you know, I mean, he's he 
stuck around. You know, I mean, yeah. how many times over the past three or four years have we been like, well, is this, you know, is Big Ben going now or is he going whatever? And it's, right. Nope, they, they wrote it out. They wrote it out to the very end. And, and that's, uh, that's you know, that's a that's a testament to what he means to Pittsburgh as much as anything. Um, so uh, cheers to the big sloppy Roethlisberger and to and to, uh, to all the Pittsburgh fans up there. Hopefully you guys uh, get a win this weekend, which would keep them alive, Dom. But as uh, we're, we're about to get to here in a second, it's not exactly uh, uh, an optimistic outlook for the Steelers heading into Week 18. Not in the slightest. I mean, they you've seen a lot of teams have to be in this situation before, but a lot needs to happen for the Steelers to get into the playoffs. So as it sits right now, the the Steelers would clinch a playoff berth if they go and beat Baltimore, which I think is possible, which I think we actually need to talk about real quick after this. But Pittsburgh wins, Indy loses, and then the Vegas Chargers game does not end in a tie. So they need a decision out of there. Uh, I'll start right with Pittsburgh. Just in that that scenario, it's tough because, I mean, Indianapolis plays – the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you're not really going to get an indie loss, in my opinion. There, so quite frankly, they're going to need they're going to need a miracle. So with that same token, though, their opponent of, I swear to God, last time we recorded and really talked about Baltimore, they were not in this situation. The the cliff that they fell off of when when they lost Lamar is astounding to me. To watch Baltimore's season just crumple after. What was it maybe a month and a half ago, Ev? We were talking about these guys possibly getting the one seed, looking like, oh shit, the Ravens are back with a purpose, and here they are not making the playoffs, basically. Or, or well, they too have it. Let me just rephrase: they have an, another just impossible scenario that gets them in the playoffs. It's nuts, man. I mean, I, uh, I, it, it, and it, you know, the thing is, is that there's a lot of people that are trying to make jokes about Lamar Jackson and, you know, or, oh, they're not clutch or whatever. And, yeah, don't get it twisted. I mean, you know, this is definitely, you know, a team that you would still expect to win despite all the injury issues that they've had. But, man, the amount of guys that they've lost this year is absolutely insane. I mean, mm-hmm. it's week after week where, you know, they've – and that's what's wild is that they still have a pretty solid team. But I think they've lost something close to, like, eight starters on both sides of the ball. I mean, you know, on years like that, you kind of have to just throw your hands up and say, well, damn. Um, yeah, but- I, 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 how do you, you – you, you can't come back from that. That's just tough. I mean, there, there, there is no continuity, and the continuity that you need to go make a late run in, in late December, early January. That's just not – it's not going to happen with that kind of injury luck. Yeah, I mean – it's it, you know you couldn't you didn't have Lamar for multiple weeks. I mean you don't have you know uh, key names like uh, Juwan James. You know you don't have key names like or, or, or uh, uh, Marlon Humphrey or uh, what's his name uh, Patrick Queen, Marcus Peters. I mean that's secondary. Ronnie Stanley, like all the these are you know starter slash guys that you know some years are competing for you know, pro bowl slash all pro honors. I mm-hmm. mean, when, when that happens, you're just kind of, you know, like I said, you kind of have to throw your hands up. Um, you know, I, and I feel for him, but at the same time, you know, it, we keep pressing. And, and, and in the meanwhile, I mean, we have got just a wild kind of setup to uh, kind of close out the AFC with, with the chargers and Raiders basically playing in a playoff game, you know, whoever wins that game this weekend, uh, will will go, uh, in that, probably that number seven spot. 
Um, meanwhile, the Colts, obviously, like Dom said, has to beat the uh, the Jaguars, which you know should be business as usual. So, with that in mind, and kind of thinking that the Steelers and Ravens are screwed, you know, Dom, you know, uh, it, if you asked me at any point in the season. Who are you taking between the Chargers and Raiders? I'd be, I'd say I'd take the Chargers. I feel like they're a better team, but the Raiders just do not lose, man. I mean, you would talk another team battled by injuries and by issues and all that stuff, and they, they haven't like really lost a step. Well, and not to mention they, they just had to deal with another player getting a DUI Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, that corner. Yeah. Nate, Nate Hobbs grabbing a DUI two after. So it's just it's not this team has had to deal with every sort of adversity you could imagine this year, and here they are sitting in the spot to to even have a chance to give yourself the opportunity to win. I I. I have to tip my cap to, to Rich Basicchia and the entire team for just buying in. Derek Carr and them winning that game against Indianapolis last week was uh, just gritty and in every way, shape, and form of the word. When it comes down to this game, though, I mean, I'm so happy that they flexed this game to 820 Sunday night because this is probably the biggest game of the week. Of the week. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt. I, I just uh, I want it, I want it for the Raiders so bad. But the Chargers are a team, and, and I get it, they're a little inconsistent, but I still would hate to be the team that has to line up against the seven-seeded Chargers in the playoffs, to be honest right. with you. That's kind of the difference because, like, don't get me wrong, the Raiders getting to the playoffs would be really fun. It would be fun right now. It would mm-hmm. be less fun when yep. we're watching. Them like, get their geez. absolute shit pumped in. Absolutely. If we're watching the Chiefs Chargers to to open up the, the AFC side of the playoffs, we're stoked. If we're watching Ch- Chiefs Raiders, we're probably like, okay, I'm going to turn it on with the expectation that this game's over at halftime. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I it, 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 will, it will be cool either way. But, yeah, if you if I had to truly pick, I mean, I, I'd want the Chargers in there. I mean, I'd you know, you, you, you never know with Justin Herbert. I mean, if that dude just throws 400 yards a game, four touchdowns a game, they're going to be in, you know, whatever, whoever against their playing, you know, they're, they're in it. So, well, and, that, and that, that's the recipe the Chargers have already used one time this season to beat the Chiefs was just right. Justin Herbert throwing just for, you know, five touchdowns, 350-plus yards, and let's just let's fight air raid with air raid and let's go. And Brandon Staley's like, listen, we're never going to punt. The punter comes out. It's like, hey, coach, I want to get some reps. Shut the fuck up. Sit down. We're going for fourth. We're going for it right now. I don't punt. That man does not like the punt at all whatsoever so which i appreciate i appreciate that because it feels like the rest of the league is taking a page out of the staley playbook and is uh is 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 not too too inclined to punt in most situations as a bills fan i can speak to that a little bit you know we've had two consecutive games ourselves with our punter uh who hasn't had to punt in itself but back to the point yeah i i i i like the chargers in this position only because like we like we said there's going to be one team that can maybe give the Titans or the Chiefs, however that one-seed scenario shakes out, whoever gets that two-seed. There's one team that's going to give both of those a better shot for their money, and that's the Chargers, without a doubt. So uh, it, it was fun while it lasted. It'll, it'll be a fun game to watch, but I will be pulling for the Chargers because I want the big dogs to go down early in the playoffs. So, And now, <clears throat> I guess who, who they end up with playing, you know, speaking of that, the, the the one seed is crazy too, Evan, because did we ever think at this point in the season the Cincinnati Bengals have a shot to be the one seed in the playoff? Possible. Yeah, possible. possible. 
they win and uh, Chiefs and Titans drop this Sunday, they'll get it. Uh, kind of wildly enough, in that can't the Bills get that if the if the Chiefs or well no there'd be too many too many tiebreakers. Yeah, so yeah, the the Bills are out of that scenario because. They will have. Uh, I, I think that's because of the Bengals. Um, the Bengals yeah. would be win on the tiebreaker. Uh, but who can have is and who has that little like one percent chance are the Patriots. The wow. Patriots can get can get that with a win. Buffalo loses. Kansas City loses and Tennessee loses. They also clinch the division with a win and the Bills and the uh, and the Bills lose or tie or if they right. tie and the Bills. And the Bills lose, they clinch the division. Bills have to simply just win, like they did. So, you know, I'm, I'm I feel good playing against the Jets that the Bills get it done. But I mean, ju- just to have even that scenario for the one seed in the AFC to get that first round by, that only by, it's entertaining. Now, now at, at least at, at least now you have you know your AFC's top four or five teams who actually have to give a shit in the week 18. You know, I don't, I don't really think you're going to see any team resting a starter. I know the Bills aren't going to rest anybody. The Pats aren't going to rest anybody. And you know, I, I think we're so accustomed to that final week of the season, seeing starters and stars getting rested up for the playoffs. And now you're not going to get that this week in the AFC, at least. So I'm, I'm kind of pumped for that. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it is still a. Uh, uh fluid so to speak it is not rock solid right now and and uh and yeah i mean you know i would as a bills fan i mean i'm guessing you're feeling a little bit better after the past couple weeks you know things are yeah somewhat encouraging somewhat josh's josh's first half performance in atlanta definitely gave me some nightmares um you know but that's just he's a gunslinger it happens in the bills defense and devin singletary woke up and we got it done but yeah i definitely i feel good i I definitely feel better um the defense is starting to play well so I, i feel good you're right um you know, just because we do have other, uh, we we still have a lot of other scenarios to talk about uh, on the NFC side of things. It's relatively locked up. However, we uh, do have you know the San Francisco 49ers uh, and the uh, Saints um, kind of battling out for this last spot. Um, basically, what has to happen for the Saints to get in is for them to win and the 49ers to lose. Now. That's not out of the realm of possibility, primarily because the Saints play the Falcons on Sunday and the 49ers have to play the Rams, Um, which, you know, it's interesting, though, like the Rams are definitely obviously a much bigger task than and it's also the Rams in L.A. Not that SoFi is, you know, rocking or anything, but, you know, still not a home game. What's interesting, though, is that the 49ers are one in four in division play this year. I mean, they have just been awful in the division. Their only division win was a curb stomp of the Rams on Monday Night Football earlier in the year. Yep. So, you know, you could see it happening where they where you know, if the 49ers just win on Sunday, it's 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 theirs. You know, it's it's theirs. It's there is no other way that they could get screwed or anything like that. Uh, but if they lose, man, you know, you you become a Atlanta Falcons, or not a, uh, the, the, the Saints actually played the Falcons this past weekend. They're playing the the Panthers on Sunday. You become, or no, I mixed that up. They no, yeah, the, 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 the Saints, the Saints right. will play what? Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, you're Guys, right, you're right. B- b- believe in yourself. Don't, you know, tell, <laughs> you know, don't have confidence. No, uh, so, but either way, you know, as a 49ers fan, or as a, you know, if you're a 49ers fan, you are rooting for the Falcons to where, you know, it just doesn't make it, 
you know, it doesn't matter. Um, it is pretty wild that the Eagles have locked up a playoff spot with a week to go. Um, I, that I, and, was, and they're they're kind of my team in that NFC, Ev, where, as I said, you know, like when the Chargers get in as a 7 or a 6, like that's a team you don't want to play. I don't – there's something frisky about the Eagles. I – I wouldn't want to be, you know. Let's just say, Their you know, Dallas or Tampa. I don't. I want. I don't know if I want to play Philly too hard. To be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not that excited to play against Philly. Their defense is uh, is a bit better than a lot of teams. You know, a lot of people have given uh, them credit for. Um, and then you know, Jalen Hurts, man, just making plays, not doing anything out of this world per se. Did you see just, that video of him almost die walking out yeah, of the, out uh, of FedEx Field? <laughs> very, very, very Washington football team, and class, um, just so classic. And I'm very happy that no one was hurt, especially Jalen, because I mean, man, can you imagine if you know his ankle is snapped or something because Ooh. of that? That would just be, that'd be one just like. What the hell? Like, that would probably create, like, groundbreaking, like, changes to, like, NFL stadium design and different things. Like, I, I actually think that. I actually I actually think the Eagles might have went and sued the Washington football team. I could see that, too. Um, I could see that, too. Uh, but, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, a, an interesting setup there. And then, you know, the Rams also have to, to play for something. Uh, they, they are trying to, uh, to win the NFC West, which they do that. Um, and I believe even if they won and the Packers lose, uh, the Packers have, yeah, the Packers have the, the one seed wrapped, I believe mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, they, 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 they got it. They're, they, the Packers are the only team in the NFL who's like a top contender that gets to kind of rest and chill right now. Because they, right. they they have they have what they need locked up, but that's that's exactly why I'm not I'm not too I'm not feeling too too good if I'm 49er fan. I mean, you have the recipe that you've used before to beat the Rams, but the Rams are playing for you know a higher seed in the division title because the Cardinals are playing against a Seattle team that if the Cardinals come out and play the way they did against Dallas this past week, they should have no problem against Seattle, and then they're going to put the pressure on the Rams, who also have to go against a team who gives a shit too because the, the Niners need to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those scenarios where it's going to be good football because, again, you're getting all the top seeds basically other than Green Bay and the NFC who have to play for something. Who actually have to give a damn? Yeah, the uh, the good news for the Niners is is that if they do make the playoffs, they are likely avoiding the Bucks right away. Um, they're probably going to play the Rams again, no matter what happens in this game. Um, which for them, I would say is a good thing. If I'm the 49ers, I want to play the Rams of all the teams. You would remain. you would rather play a team three times in the season? I, I, I'm not necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with you because I had this thought about Buffalo because Buffalo is more than likely going to get New England. And I think about that to myself. Like, okay, the fact that the Bills have already lost a game to the Patriots makes me feel a little bit better because I think it's really hard to beat a team three times. You know, so God oh. forbid... Like oh, if, if the Niners, if the Niners beat the Rams, then we got to go beat them for a third time again in the playoffs. You know, like that's that's not easy to do in the NFL. It's not easy to beat a team twice. Well, in the Well, I believe how it would likely shake out. Right, how, how it could work if the Niners win and the Cardinals win, they will likely play the Cardinals in that uh, mm-hmm. in that okay. in that first game. I what I think the the point I'm trying to make is is that the Niners want to play an NFC West team. I know that they got swept by the Cardinals this year, and you know the Rams are a very good team, and beating someone three times is very hard. But 
it seems like more than likely the 49ers are going to end up playing an NFC West team, which if I'm them, I feel much better about my opening week chances against a team like that than I do against the Cowboys or the Bucks. Yeah. Um, Especially the Bucks. I mean, I really if I'm if I'm the Niners, I mean, I really don't want to see them. Yeah, um, it's just I mean, it's anybody. It's, it's, it's it, and no team is unbeatable. I even think the Packers are a team that have their flaws, even though they're probably the one who have the least amount at this point. But you could say the same argument for Rodgers. You do Brady. I mean, you don't want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs when it means something. That's tough, you know. Unless you take a script from the Tennessee Titan playbook in 2019, you know, it's it's I, I agree that I agree too you know that's that's not a matchup you want yeah and uh so you know um it's it's it, it is nice when we get to week 18 and there's this much going on there's some years you know where it's it's uh just straight up like okay well you know we have like basically what's going on between the 49ers and saints but otherwise, you know, things are pretty... Everybody you know, would be resting. Well, yeah, and that's too, because I remember at this point last year, you know, the Bills were sitting... So I got to do this math right because we had one less game. So the Bills were sitting 13-2 and two at this point last year, but they sadly went into uh, Week 17, which was the final week at this point last year, um, are out of contention for the, ones, for the one seed because the Chiefs had locked it up with a tiebreaker, and the Bills already had the two seed you know, locked up. So they started uh, uh, Matt Barkley and all the backups, and we lost to the Jets in Week 17 because we didn't have anybody playing. You know, so we finished 13 and three. And I, 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 Which I gave mean, the Jaguars the number one overall pick. I forgot about that. Yeah. Thank you, Bills. Yeah. So there, you know, there you go. And you got you got the luscious hair, the man of myth, legend himself, T Law. So you're, yeah, you're welcome. I, I, again, yeah. Listen, we kept Urban Meyer around a little bit longer, so we 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 you we might have paid you guys back a little bit, and depending on how you feel about that. But nonetheless, to the original point, it is very, very, very nice to go into this final week of week 18 for games to mean something, and I. I don't know if that's necessarily just a result of the 18-game season. I think it's definitely just more of a result of how close the NFL and how good the NFL really has been competitive-wise this year. You're not seeing, you know, an undefeated or a one- or two-loss team. Uh, but it's 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 definitely a good way to kind of show that this NFL season has been very competitive and a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of these playoff talks. It's obviously something that we're going to be talking a lot about in the coming episodes. But the the NFC to me has has one has one clear one clear favorite that I expect to come out on top. And the AFC, quite frankly, to me, have is a, is a crapshoot. I, I I don't really know who to pick out of the AFC if I had to be if I had to give you that right now. So at least I get one more regular season week and maybe a week of the playoffs to kind of make that formula in my head. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dom, as we uh, keep trucking along, uh, you know, other NFL storyline right now, probably the, the one that people just can't stop talking about. I mean, literally you flip on ESPN and it's 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 like who even cares about the playoffs? Who even cares about who wins the Super Bowl <laughs> this year? It doesn't matter. It's who's going to be the guy to lead the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, it's it's that's the you know, the NFL's most relevant franchise is getting, you know, a new head coach and that doesn't happen very often in that franchise. I no. mean this is only the third head coach in four seasons. It's so, it's 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 them um, and the Steelers of just consistency, you know. It's yeah, the, <laughs> so uh, and you know the, the 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 list of interviews. Some of them have already happened. Like uh, I know that the Jaguars have already interviewed Doug Peterson. Um, Doug Peterson's on that list. 
uh, Jim Caldwell, Kellen Moore, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. Sure, I'm sure uh, Daryl Bebel is being interviewed because I guess, because I guess. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, before we get further into this real quick, if you're wondering why Jaguars fans have a clown face with a mustache on it right now, including my Twitter account, um, it's because the Jaguars were initially reported to retain uh, uh, Trent Baalke as the GM, and everyone was hella pissed about that. Reports have since come out that it seems like he's not being retained that he's just assisting in the head coach search, which doesn't feel good either. Um, but, but you know, it's not that he's going to be the GM next year. It's just that he's sticking around until the end of the season. Well, that's what I was going to uh, say. From the outside perspective of, of the guy who kind of, who pretty much, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, because I'm speaking just of what I've seen here. You're obviously more plugged in with Jag stuff, Ev, but the, Trent Baalke is a guy who pretty much gave Urban the okay to stay in Ohio after that Cincy game. Well, Trent Baalke is also the guy that, you know, the worst years in um, San Francisco, like the 49ers fan base hates that mofo. Like they really hate that dude. And for the most part, Baalke has a pretty bad reputation across the NFL. Like there's a lot of people that have talked shit about Trent Baalke, players and uh, like staff wise. Um, and, you know, it was a weird hire when they made it, but they went with a guy that had done it before, a guy that had some experience. Um, and, you know, to, to go with Urban, it obviously was a disaster. Um, so now, you know, the, the new fleet of candidates is kind of showing up. And, and you know, I'm not going to get the, the bulky situation. I'll talk about it for 45 minutes. Uh, meanwhile, I you know, for today, let's just... Yeah, I, I want to hear Dom's opinions. I want to hear my own opinion. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to hear myself talk uh, <laughs> about you know what we got going on. Which you know between Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell, and then you know what I would call the Young Bucks. You know that group of coordinators that I listed. Todd Bowles isn't a Young Buck, but you know uh, Kellen Moore and Byron Leftwich. Um, you know of those options, just to put it on record, I I personally. I, I really want Peterson or Caldwell. Uh, I really want a guy that has done it before and has built mm-hmm. a, t- a competitive team. You know, Caldwell doesn't have a great track record against winning teams. or does, I mean, really, has, I think, played one or two playoff games ever and lost them. Um, he's not necessarily encouraging in terms of your ceiling, but Caldwell's reputation as a culture builder is immense. Um, and I think that's the number one thing the Jaguars need right now. Yeah. Peterson is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Peterson's won the Super Bowl, but Peterson also has kind of a history of, you know, things in Philadelphia did not end smoothly for him. You know, they got messy out there. And, you know, you do kind of want to avoid anything that reminds you of what happened with Urban. But at right. the same time, you know, I you know you want a guy that's going to go win football games. And I think Peterson can do that. Um, you know. No, I, Dom, I mean, it's, uh, between those guys, you know, obviously Kellen Moore too. I mean, he's impressed with what the Cowboys have done this year, but Mm -hmm. I mean, the dude is so young. It'd be like, it'd be so out of of the blue to hire him. Yeah. That's, that's my concern with when we're going to the coordinator game, 
there. I have I have a guy for you for the Jags that I really love and I really hate. And we've talked about it. I'm with you on the Peterson. I'm I'd be all if I'm a Jags fan, I'm all in on Doug Peterson. Uh, I, I I I like the track record of a guy who's been able to do it before. He's he, he to me he comes into a locker room where he can already garner and, and I think I think he'll get the respect of the locker room back to a head coach a lot quicker than maybe what someone else maybe than what Jim Caldwell will do because I'm just very I'm very concerned at how many games Jim Caldwell is going to win you and I'm not saying that Doug Peterson is going to bring the Jags to the promised land in the first one or two seasons because there's a lot more to fix in Jacksonville than just a head coaching position. But I think you're going to start seeing the culture that you that you want to see in Jacksonville start getting built a whole lot quicker and more sustainable with Doug Peterson. I I love Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator, Ev, but I would hate him as a head coach. He's a, he is just a, a coordinator who is getting a very talented quarterback in Dak Prescott and a bunch of fucking weapons. A good offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. He has everything with him. I, I don't know what he could do. And I'm not trying to like rip on Trevor Lawrence's capabilities, but he's not Dak Prescott. He doesn't have the abilities that Dak Prescott has. And I don't know, other than... Um, other than Robinson, I don't know what other weapons that he that he would have to work with as an offensive guy. I mean, he's going to have to get some talent and really, really have to showcase that offensive prowess with the weapons that you have in Jacksonville. I, I don't, I just wouldn't want Kellen Moore. A little bit too young, quite frankly. If you're going to go get a coordinator and you want to, with, with, and you're trying to put the fan base in mind, I, you think Brian Leftwich? No question. Yeah. Yeah, Leftwich is uh, is really. I mean, I and, and what he's doing in Tampa is impressive to a degree, but it's just. You, but you could all you could also make the same argument for Leftwich uh, that he's just a result of the products he's been giving. You can uh, you could always exactly. make that argument for an offensive coordinator, but that's that's a concern I have with with Kellen and Brian and Byron is because you have that argument with Byron. Um, yeah, is you, you could you could do that. So on, uh, either way, either way, the good news is for Jags fans at least that it, you get if you can God get rid of Bulky and you start fresh and you you'll you'll get somebody who will be better than what you had. And that's that's not saying much, but it's got to feel good at least for Jag fans. I'm sure that at least you know you're gonna get somebody who will be a whole new fresh brand start. And and nonetheless, Evan, you only poisoned. Your number one overall and your probably future franchise quarterback for one year. You can unpoison him in a season. I I I don't want, I don't I think people give a lot of gripe and a lot of shit of like oh Trevor Lawrence is like he, he like that one season's gonna kill him and he's just he's stuck in the urban system and what's gonna happen like that. Re- I've heard that discussion and I think that's a, a just baloney, absolute baloney. Trevor Lawrence is a good talent. If you get the right guy and the right people around him, he's going to thrive in Jacksonville, and you'll guys and you guys will build something, right? So, I I I would feel pretty good in that sense if I'm a Jags fan too. Yeah, no question. I mean, that was that's what's been kind of a little bit interesting, I guess, with with the season is that Trevor's response to a lot of this stuff has been extremely mature. Um, he has in the past couple weeks, like I was going to say, he did recently kind of just a critique at all, but it's clear that he's, he did, he did say that. Yeah. He did that last video of him. Like, 
the last post game, right? He did say something uh, pretty, you know, I, I, it wasn't it wasn't outlandish, but he did kind of like subtly maybe attack the front office. Is that is that the right way to put that? As is what he said in that post game presser. Well, what what he's been. He's been, like, very respectful, but he has repeatedly kind of said that, yeah, like, we, this is not good, you know? I mean, this is just not, you know, this is not what I expected. This is not how it was supposed to go. You know, mm-hmm. this now, I wouldn't say he's necessarily, like, been attacking, but he definitely hasn't been like, oh, no, things are great. Like, he's, he's straight up like, yeah, this sucks. Um, and then, you know, in the game against the Jets and against the uh uh, uh, or, you know, excuse me, just in the game against the Jets, like, you know, he, he, he was, you know, obviously like frustrated with how the game was going. I mean, he's throwing three picks and back-to-back games. I mean, it has not been ideal, uh, for him, but statistically, and I, I think that's part, possibly part of the frustration too, is that he knows that he could still play better, even though no one's really expecting anything out of him right now, based on everything that's happened this year. Um, even with that, you know, there are people that are saying like, you know, well, Trevor's not playing that great. Like, how much do you actually want to like hitch to him? Like, how much say does he get? The mm-hmm. answer is all the say, all the say in the world. Um, the way that you have to treat this is, let's say Trevor's a bust. Okay, well, let's make sure we did everything in our power to to know that Trevor's a bust and that, that we didn't like just screw him up ourselves. Like, I mean, one, you, you, you possibly already did, but, but going forward with this next head coach, if Trevor says, I want Doug Peterson, or if Trevor says, I want Byron Leftwich, you go hire that dude. You do everything you can to hire that guy. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, There's already been reports that Trevor has met one-on-one with Shad Khan, like multiple times. As he should, as he should. I, I, I I agree with that. I just like, but you're you're saying he could get almost autonomous, 100% control if he's in Shad's ear about what he wants. Yeah, for sure. Um, that, I mean, I think, but, but that also, if that's the case, and I think that's a good thing that the that the Jags are putting that much faith into your your first, you know, your overall number one overall pick. Well, it's just it's it's very it's it's very to me a little just slightly concerning that you give it you're giving that to a rookie, a soon to not well, be rookie, but a rookie. For sure, and I and I mean, you know, of course, there's other things that go into it, but the number one factor in a coach and the next coach needs to be. Is this a guy that Trevor wants to play for? Is this a guy that, you know, can build a team around Trevor that, you know, he can, he can you know, have a chance to succeed in? Um, we haven't done that yet for Trevor. Like, think about it. I mean, we really didn't do that this year. No. And we did not give him a chance to succeed at all. And, you know, I, I mean, you're the more you play with this, Tom, the more you just say, well, Trevor, you don't get to say shit. You know, the more that Trevor is going to say, well, I don't want to be here at all. Like, yeah. I'm not going to – I don't care about being here. Like, I, I don't want to be here. I want to get out. And the fact that – I mean, there's there's prospects in the past that this isn't even critique of character that if what had happened this past season had happened to them as number one overall pick, you know, they'd be like, no, I don't even want to see what you have coming next. Right. Like, the fact that Trevor is invested in what comes next is a good sign. In in this case, you to me in in my eyes, you and and I think a lot of the fan base feels like this. You absolutely hit your wagon and say, "Okay, Trevor, who do you want?" 
You want Doug Peterson? Well, that'll be the number one guy we go for. You want Byron Leftwich? We'll go for him. Yeah. You, know, you don't. You don't say like, "Hey, Trevor, who do you want?" And he goes, "I want Dabo Sweeney." And you go hire Dabo Sweeney. Like that's not <laughs> what we're saying here. But when you you know you pull out the list of candidates and you go, "Who do you want, Trevor? Who who do you like?" And he says, "Blank." You oh you go okay. That's our guy. That's the guy because that is the most important asset the Jaguars have. They don't have anybody else. Yeah, that's no, worth, that's true. That's like, very, if, if, if worth, a, a, worth a damn. If they had a team around him that you know was like, oh well, we need to you know that you know the sum of those parts is more valuable than what Trevor can be. Then of course, then okay, well Trevor, you're no, but. Well, on, 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 on that side of the ball, it's Trevor. And then on the, the only other person I think could have any weight to that is you go defensively, you think, like, maybe Josh Allen. You know? You're, yeah, and even then, I'm like... Miles, Miles Jack, maybe even. No, you know. absolutely. Miles Jack is like... I'm at a point now with Miles Jack that, like, it, it, 2017 was so long ago. And in the past three or four seasons that he's been playing since he got paid, I mean, at best, it's been good. It's never been great. And that's that's where we're at with Miles Jack is that he's an average to good linebacker I got that you. gets paid a great salary. So well, and, and I I do like the fact there there is a positive that getting Trevor involved in that situation because I think I think if if, if you don't then you turn into the decision where you know you're you don't get the right guy that that molds Trevor Lawrence quickly enough it very well could turn into kind of the Sam Darnold Adam Gase situation that happened when he was with the Jets and look at look at Darnold now so I would hate for that to be Trevor Lawrence so there there is a I think there's it's a good thing that they get that they're getting Trevor involved and that he's going to have a big say I just yeah I I I trust that he knows it's going to be one of those core guys that he wants I would just be very like it would not surprise me if, if Trevor was like let me go get Dabo, or let me go get like somebody that maybe was in his past, and and then we're like, wait, 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 Trevor, hold on, pump the brakes, my guy. Let's 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 look at the people I have on the table. Let's let's look at them first. He's like, no, 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 I want my high school offensive coordinator. Bring him on. Bring bring yeah. bring Garrett Smith back for me, please. Right. So I mean, and I don't think I don't think it's working like that. I think it, like I said, it's uh, give show him the candidates. Say. Is there any of these guys that you look at and you go, that's the guy I want to be my next head coach? And if there is, you do everything in your power uh, within reason to uh, to to get him. Because, man, I mean, it is it is uh, hard times out here right now. And, and, and that's the thing, too, is that Trevor knows this. Trevor knows that next year is not a winning season. I mean, this is a team that is like the rebuild hasn't started. Like yeah. it was supposed to start this year, it starts next year, and like, I mean, they they have a ton of money. They have a you know they have the first overall pick again, more than likely. Um, but man, it is uh, it is just right now, dude. It, I mean, you're gonna you're you're gonna need the coach who can help you through the rebuild, who can rebuild. In, in every sense of the word. So you got to find the right candidate who can do that. So To rebuild my emotional state, I'm going to need some money, Dom. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I am too. So, uh, and, that, and that's just because I'm nervous about the next two weeks and what happens with Buffalo. So to do that, folks, we need to go get some money. We're going to go to the cash grab when we come back. College football, lots of other things to talk about as well. A little NBA segment we're going to debut for you guys as well. So stay tuned. Going to the cash grab, a down and out returns right after this. 
Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out begins right now with college football. Bowl game has bowl game season has wrapped up. We're getting into the college football national championship. Like we said, a lot's happened since we've last recorded. Uh, Evan, the shocker of the world here is we're looking, you know, kind of just at these bowl games by conference records. I mean, we're we're, we're both guys who have teams in the SEC, Evan, you know. By all accounts, the SEC did not have a great bowl season, and it's it's in terms of the Power Five. I mean, I guess we'll kind of start with who did the best overall in those Power Fives, and that's the Big Twelve, Evan. Uh, and, and and what a bowl season for them, and a couple other conferences out of that Power Five. But uh, do do you think going back to the SEC, do you think that was just because of the matchups they were getting, and because you had so many six, seven win SEC teams getting in? Is maybe why that that SEC record didn't match up the way it should have. What, what do you equivalent to? Uh, I think, I think it's you know a, a myriad of factors. I mean, you know, I would say you know, for example, Ole Miss versus Baylor, right? That New Year's Day game, Mac Brown mm-hmm. gets hurt, which you know, in kind of the same something me and Dom already brought up, you know, off podcast was just like, hey, you know, you know why people opt out that. And mm-hmm. that just royally sucks because Mac Rowell's been special this year, and and now it's like shit. What is what does his future look like? How yep. how much money did he just cost himself? Um, and uh, so you know you got stuff like that. You've got stuff like, I mean, you know, teams like Missouri are just bad. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, when Missouri loses a bowl game, it's like okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, they're not an especially good team, and then uh, it, so I, I think it's that um, you, you know opt outs, I guess. But I mean, every team has opt outs, you know, pretty right. much at this day and age. It's not, and there there are you know like like Houston beats Auburn by four, right? You know, close right. game there in all accounts. But then, the but best then thing you too is that. As an as an Alabama fan, I don't give a fuck about what the SEC is doing. I loved watching Auburn lose to Houston. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I mean I did too. At the end of the day, and and, and quite frankly, the LSU could help bring that record uh, to five hundred because they they play tonight. So yeah. Uh, so it, which very well could happen. Um, but uh, going back just to the point of the the Big Twelve having you know a great great bowl season as well, I. Dog, speaking of the 12 conferences, like the Pac-12, my man, what happened? Oh, and five overall? Sheesh, you fucking stink. You stink, Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been brutal, too, because, uh, you know, I mean, they were technically supposed to have a sixth game, but UCLA versus NC State got canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Oregon gets slacked by Oklahoma. Wisconsin ekes out against Arizona State. Washington State, Wazoo loses to Central Michigan in the in a, a replacement team in the Sun Bowl. Not even the yeah. team they were scheduled to face, a replacement team. Um, and then, you know, uh, Utah plays a thriller and should have beat Ohio State, but just uh, kind of collapses offensively. C.J. Stroud has himself a, a, a memorable performance. Um, but I'll tell you, though, that first half, really th- that entire game kicked ass, but that first half kicked so much goddamn yeah, ass. Yeah, was wild. Five, what was it, five touchdowns within like like three and a half minutes or some crazy yeah, stat like that? No, no team wanted to tackle. And that was the thing was like I was like looking, when I was watching that happen, I, what I my reaction was wasn't, oh, well, I was, Ohio State's keeping themselves in it. Um, it was, oh, damn, like, Ohio State can't stop Utah's offense, like, at all, which is, like, concerning, but, and they really couldn't, but Utah's defense that had been good all season just really didn't show up, um, which was, which was kind of wild, considering that a lot of people thought Utah would be super up for that game, and they clearly wanted to win it, but they just defensively weren't, weren't there. Um, you know, kind of the other interesting aspect of both seasons so far has been that, you know, the mid mid conferences have have all played uh, fairly well. You know, I mean, the AAC is three and one. The Mountain West is five and one. Um, you know, that's uh, that's you know, kind of, Sun Belt is three and one. I mean, you know, that's not necessarily what you expect, but it's also not overly surprising either because you know, I mean. Not to not to diss the AAC, but you know it's Tulsa beating Old Dominion. It's mm-hmm. you know uh, it's yeah, well you know credit to to them UCF beating uh, Florida you know in the Gasparilla Bowl, which every Florida fan I knew said coming into that game that there's no way that Florida was going to beat UCF. They were like, no. Yeah. I also I also want to give a quick shout out to this website I'm on uh, because they have it written as UFC 29, Florida 17. So basically what this website's telling me is that Dana White and Jorge Masvidal teamed up and beat Florida in, in the Gasparilla Bowl. So shout out, uh, shout out to Dana White and the UFC. Because if I'm just gonna go off this website, they won the Gasparilla Bowl. But yeah, I had a, I did, I did see quite. Uh, we have some mutual, you know, you have family and friends who are Florida fans. I, I have, you know, just you know, some friends and people who are tied to the Florida community as well. Kind of that same reaction. I think, I think everybody's looking just for the, 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 the restart in the Billy Napier period. And I'm just, kinda, I, I don't think even that many Florida fans were really that upset with losing the Gasparilla. I think they're just ready for. 2022 to really start and get over this season for sure uh what i was gonna say too was like so you know covid took out like 10 bowl games this year which unbelievable uh really sucks it Uh, does but but there are certain conferences that got it worse than others like for example the sec played every bowl game like they didn't have a single bowl game canceled right but for the acc they had uh four or three of their like uh, nine total bowl games canceled. The AAC had, you know, which went three and one, had three of their, like, you know, seven total bowl games canceled. Um, so, yeah, you know, kind of brutal for those. COVID took a winning record against those conferences, but not uh, not against anyone else. Um, 
you know, and, and, you know, I, uh, you know, as we kind of get to the playoffs too, it's, it was boring. I know folks, I get it, but you know, what did you expect? I don't, you know, I, I wanted Michigan to give Georgia a game, but that was the only, you know, game I thought could be competitive. And that was less competitive than Alabama Cincinnati was. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I, I was very surprised. I was very, very, very surprised that Michigan just had no answer until like the the final five minutes of the fourth quarter when they decided to start taking a shot down the field. I think Michigan just tried to get way, they just got way too conservative. They got they they didn't go to the things that 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 got them to this point. Obviously, Michigan's run game was not a factor, which I mean that took out a whole dimension of your offense because you're going against arguably the best defense in the entire college football world. I, I just I didn't see that coming, but to be fair, do am I, am I upset, Evan, about Alabama Georgia? No, I'm not because I think that game's gonna kick ass, and I hate I I'm I'm up. The reason I sound so upset to even say it is because it's not it's not the juicy Cincinnati Michigan that we all wanted, but I think when you you know you you put your blinders away and you look at this matchup again, like part two Alabama Georgia. That game's gonna kick ass, and I don't know how Bama fans feel. Of you know, we'll get into this more in our next episode to preview the game, but I can't imagine Bama fans got to be feeling too comfortable. It's hard to beat a team twice, and Georgia, they looked good. Stetson Bennett uh, looked to be the fucking truth in that game. Yeah, he definitely did look good. I uh, I don't know, man. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people there betting on Georgia again this time around, and. That's as an Alabama fan, you know, as as Nick Saban has coined rat poison. Yeah, you love seeing the opposite of the rat poison. Oh, see, I actually, I actually love because uh, I think when it opened up, it was like I think Georgia was a three point, three and a half point favorite. And when I heard that immediately after the game, Ab, I was like, I actually meant to text you because I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna bet my mortgage on Alabama. I was like, because I was, I was pissed at Vegas. I was like, of course, do not give Alabama the underdog role in this. Do not give them that extra fuel because if you give them that, it's fucking over. I was like, you. Son of a bitch. You fucked it up. You fucked it up. Giving Georgia the favorite in this game. Don't do that. Don't give Nick Saban and, and Bryce Young that little bit of an extra chip on their shoulder. Don't do it. Yeah, they and they are right now. I mean, everyone is. You know, Vegas is taking them. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, Georgia's, you know, that's just the Georgia team we thought we'd see. And they're playing a Michigan team that, don't get me wrong, is not a bad team, but... I mean, I think Alabama would have beat Michigan by two or three scores at least. I mean, I don't think I don't think these playoff games mean anything in terms of how you should feel about a rematch. Um, can we also can I'm, I want to just into another point because as I don't want to get too much into Alabama Georgia of, but can we also just take a moment here to say that the 14 playoff has got to fucking go finally open that bitch up let's get it to eight or six I I know you're I think you said you were a fan of six um when we've last talked about this and that's fine too but we've got to open up the playoff man it's it can't be four it can't be. We gotta get we gotta get some other teams involved in this too. I would I would have loved to have seen you know Ohio State get back in this picture too. I would have loved to see what they could have given to one of these teams as well. We I I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway I took from this is that we've got to expand the college football playoff. It, if it, if if it if the playoff committee was not shown why in the result of these four games and seeing the rest of the New Year's bowls. 
I, I, I don't know what else it's going to take him. I don't know. That's just me. But I, th- I think this is a clear as day example and clear as day proof that we got to open up the, the college football playoff. No, agreed. Um, and uh, I think – I think uh, I think we'll we'll get there soon. I don't know if it'll necessarily be next season at this rate, but you know I think we're gonna get to eight. You know probably within two years. Um, I think eight is where we'll go to start. I think twelve or six is my preferred spot. Maybe ten. Um, I like the idea of bye weeks, and I think there should be a reward for finishing in the top half because otherwise, who cares where you finish? Um, but, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it it would be an interesting year for that. That being said, I still feel like this was Alabama and Georgia from the jump. I mean, they have just looked like different teams. And you, and you called it, I'll gladly tip my cap to you. You called that one. That's exactly what the committee wanted. You called it when they first, you know, got the one in the three seed and, you know, so your, your prediction has come into fruition. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh. And, 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 you know, it is kind of inherently, like I, like you were saying, it would be more fun if there was a diverse lineup and we were getting a matchup we haven't seen. But if you want the two best teams, if you want the two best teams playing in the final game of the year, this is what we're getting. Mm-hmm. There is there there is no question about that. These are the two best teams. Yes. Um, and, you know, uh, like I said, I think Georgia looked great against Michigan. They looked how how they looked all season. In fact, their offense looked better than I would say they've looked at a lot of points this season. And that could be, you know, concerning. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, Bryce Young didn't even play that well, and Alabama still scored with relative ease uh, against Cincinnati. That was part of the deal, too, was that people tried to say that Alabama didn't look that good. Alabama threw the ball so much less against Cincinnati than they did against Georgia. They completely shifted the game plan and said, okay, we're bigger than Cincinnati. We're going to run the ball. And then Mm -hmm. Brian Robinson went and trucked like 14th. Cincinnati players. You can't do that against Georgia. Georgia's mm-hmm. not going to let you run the ball. However, Georgia's secondary is not that great. And, uh, I mean, it's good, but it's not great. Al- Bryce Young showed that. And what do you know? And, you know, an okay quarterback at Michigan wasn't able to take advantage of that. I mean, it didn't really make me feel that much different about the whole situation. Um, so, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's because – it is what it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever, or even coming into the SEC championship game. If Bryce Young plays to his highest level, Alabama is going to be extremely tough to beat. If Bryce mm-hmm. Young makes mistakes, Alabama is going to lose. Um, you know, it's that's it's kind of as simple as that. Nothing's really shifted. Um, so yeah, man, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, I think I I'm not you know. I was let I I went into the SEC championship game thinking they weren't gonna win. So now I'm thinking they are gonna win. So I would say it's an improvement on my attitude, but I wouldn't say I'm feeling, you know, um oh well we're gonna show them or whatever. Clear safe like, favorite, no. right. Right. No. So uh it's gonna be fun. You know, enjoy the fact that you're watching a game of that caliber. I know it's boring, I know it's you know, it's not the teams you wanted to see. It's not chaos. It's not magic. But it is, you know, in terms of high-quality football, as good as college football will be uh, at any point. Um, so, um, No, yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and that's kind of what, what I was so, like, why I was so lethargic and, and depleted in saying that, you know, we got the matchup. Because, yeah, when, when, when we get to Monday – 
when we get to Monday night, that's going to be an, a stellar football game. It's, it's going to be amazing in, in every sense of the word because that is exactly what you said. It's the two best teams in football going against each other. We just we, we aren't getting the chaos that we wanted, and, and that and that so be it. But it, it's. In terms of quality football, that's what you're gonna get. And I also want to bring up just one other thing too is I know these games in the in the final in the the semifinals were blowouts, but there there was some talk about when the games were a little bit closer than some of these other games, right? I I I don't know about you, Ev, but let's just say. Even let's just say this championship game gets it to where Georgia and Alabama are playing, and it's a it's a ten to nine six three ball game, thirteen ten ball game into the fourth quarter. You know, I know there's going to be the people who are upset, like, oh, this is so boring, this is so trash. Like, there's no offense. Um, I want all those people to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. That is such bullshit that you have to rely on a high-scoring game to judge the character of how good of a football game is. Bama-Georgia could be 3 nothing going in the fourth quarter. That's a good-ass football game. I'm yeah, like, for sure, man. I, 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 but I, I don't, I don't know where, where, uh, unless it's just people who solely are just can admit that, like, I want a shootout, I want a high-scoring football game. That's fine. Own it. That's good. Whatever. I like a lot of baseball fans would rather see uh, a ten nine ball game than than watch a perfect game, and and that's because that's who they are, and I'm I'm okay with that. But I I, I just saw way too much bashing on you know low scoring football games and defensive shutdowns uh, over the course of this bowl season, and I'm just like shut shut up shut up. <laughs> like that's you aren't you aren't enjoying good football. If, if, if you are just going to root for, you know, 50 to 50 games. Like, oh, Ohio State-Utah was an awesome game. Oregon-Oklahoma, awesome game, right? Because it's high scoring. But you have to look at the other end of the spectrum when it's a, a one-score, single-digit ball game. That also kicks ass, too. And that, quite frankly, could be what we get in Alabama-Georgia. But again, we'll talk about that later. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, but I had to kindly shut that shut that ass up for some people that I saw on Twitter because uh, that was bullshit. Ha, okay. Had to get that off the chest there, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited. No, I understand. I, uh, I'm i I'm excited too. And, and, and it's, you know, as, as someone who, you know, the first half of the, the Bama dynasty was not offensive. You know, it was all defensive. And, you know, they won, you know, some crucial games with, with very little scoring. So I, I definitely have an appreciation for it. But, but uh, yeah, just, you know, no matter what it is, just enjoy the moment, you know. It, it may not be uh, – there's a lot of times where if it's not, you know, a Cinderella story or if it's not the, you know, super perfect – uh, a, a storyline, you know, people kind of clock out, so to speak. Um, but, uh, but you know, for me personally, it's it's you know, of course, as an Alabama fan, I'm biased. But but even if I wasn't an Alabama fan, for example, LSU Clemson national title 2019, I was stoked about that game because mm-hmm. those were the two best teams, like yep. straight up. So yeah, just enjoy it, be appreciative, have fun, and. Uh, and uh, you know, keep it keep it moving, and we're gonna keep it moving because our final topic of the day is we're getting back to the NBA. It's been a minute. We haven't talked about the NBA in a minute because we haven't recorded in a minute. But also, just you know, football season. You know how it is. Uh, it and, is what it is. 
me and Dom were kind of talking, kind of, you know, thinking about what are the most fun storylines in the NBA right now and kind of, you know, in that same vein, who are the most fun teams? Like, who are the teams you should be rooting for as we get kind of to the midway point of the season? And we kind of thought there were two clear-cut answers, one from each uh, conference. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can start us off if you want, Dom. Absolutely. You want to- nope, go uh, ahead, Ab. So... You know, really the one that stuck out to us is the Memphis Grizzlies, which, I mean, this is kind of an easy answer, uh, mostly because John Morant exists. Um, John Morant is just, you know, one of the most entertaining players in the NBA. And, you know, it's fun to cheer for one, just basic background info. If you're ever, if you're ever unsure, but you're wondering why the Grizzlies are fun to cheer for, it's because they're in Memphis. Um, it's yeah. because there's no, like, there's no one in the NBA, I don't think. I mean, maybe there's some rivals in the East, you know, some teams like the, I, I don't know, the, the 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 Hawks or something that, you know, and as a Hawks fan, I have no no beef with the Grizzlies. They're just fun, you know. Yeah. They're, they're not offensive in any way. And John Morant is back to kind of the, the level of play that, you know, you want to see him at. He's, of course, had some injury concerns uh, this year. You know, he's missed a, a handful of games, but – you know, in 26 games, he's averaging 24, 25 points a game, seven assists, basically 1.4 steals, which is you know pretty damn impressive. Um, and uh, you know, it helps that his supporting cast has kind of showed up, and, and that's part of the reason why they're number one in the Southwest, and then you know number four in the Western Conference is you know you got guys like Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain who have you know become you know, players that, you know, aren't necessarily going to be guys that are going to be, you know, making headlines every single night. But, you know, if Dylan Brooks is going to average 19-3-2 or 19-3-3 every game, that's exactly what you want from a peace player. If Desmond Bain's going to be averaging 17.6, you know, that's exactly what you need from those guys that are there to compliment John Morant. And right now they've, they're, they're kind of, their, their, their backcourt is, is where you want it. Um, well, and, and I think I think it's a little fun too to get the the Stephen Adams factor in there as well because you, you know you remember Stephen for so long being you know in the good and the bad AC. years with the Thunder and now you know he even he's getting to kind of shine at his moment and really step up in a role you know that that complements Ja as well. Yeah, no question. Um, and uh, I, I think I think just in general their play style is, is it's high energy. You know, it's it's based around Ja, so that makes sense. Um, and they're they're you know it helps that they're kind of hot right now i mean they're they they uh they 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 aren't necessarily winning you know they're not going on these suns-esque type streaks but they very rarely go on you know a a, a bad losing streak like you know in in recent weeks you know i mean one they're, they're they've won five in a row and they they had a three losing three game losing streak before that but before that, a five-game w- winning streak again. I mean, and they're beating teams like, I mean, in this past five-game winning streak, Dom, they beat the Suns, they beat the Lakers, they beat, uh, uh, well, you know, Brooklyn. Um, you know, I mean, they're not beating average teams. And, you know, I know it's NBA regular season, so it's like, okay, so, yeah, you are beating the Suns. Who cares? But, but, they, no but one... they are, they're beating teams that are going to be in the conversation in playoffs, and, they, they're, and they're getting their chops against teams that they're going to have to see down the road for sure. Well, not they're... to mention, too, that, the Sun, like, you can say what you want about, you know, uh, well, it's the regular season, but no one's really beating the Suns right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you take those when you can get those. So, yeah, man, the, 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 the Grizz are fun. 
and uh, and and as long as John Morant can stay healthy, they are still going to be uh, you know the team to watch. Oh, by the way, four straight games with uh, thirty points or more for Jaw, uh, uh, 36. Um, so yeah, uh, Jaw's Jaw's having fun out there. To to put that in perspective, too, the only other player in the NBA this year that's done that is LeBron. So you're putting John Morant in the same conversation as the greatest player in the NBA right now and you know quite frankly depends on who you ask but of all time so yeah I mean Jaw's special and it's nice to see Jaw finally get the moment to be on a good team that's contending that's doing really really well because Jaw Morant I mean it's a conversation I'm sure we're going to have in the months to come and getting closer for when the playoffs happen in in the spring but Jaw Morant in the playoffs is I mean that's a win-win that's quality that's a win-win for anybody who gets to watch basketball you want to see young stars get their chance on that stage and uh and and, and Trey and your guy Trey Young proved that last year. Right, so if like if so if you have a hesitancy to that, no, I'll promise you go watch Trey with the Hawks last year. Yeah, no question. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of does feel like that's the, the 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 Grizz are this year's version of the Hawks. Who man, they are struggling. Um, Dom, that that's about all I got to say about the Grizz. What where are we coming from uh, with the East? Oh man, I mean it's kind of kind of like we preference with the Grizz. It's an easier choice because they are the number one team in the East right now, but stacked with against everybody else who's in the East. It's the Chicago Bulls, winners of their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, sitting twenty five and ten. First overall, they are. Uh, I mean, Demar Derozan's clutch factor in the last few games, uh, buzzer beaters against the Wizards, and then he he does it does it again. Uh, or he went to the Pacers, did it, and then he does it does it second night in a row against Washington. So Demar is, is starting to shine and, and prove to be one of the the NBA's elite once again in a role where I, he's thriving and he kind of gets to be the guy in Chicago and I think it's working really well because you talk about the complementary features that DeMar has around him Alonzo Ball is is obviously a, a great point guard and, and is complimenting him well you have Zach Levine who has always just been a freak of nature athlete and talented in every sense of the word uh, who gets to you know kind of shine in the light that DeMar does as well. I love the supporting cast that they have around him too. I mean you have Kobe White as a backup point guard. You have he's injured right now, but obviously you have the you know the white Kobe Bryant, Alex Caruso. <laughs> no, but I, I mean Caruso's fun. He's a defensive lock. Uh Tony Bradley's currently out, but you still have him as well. Uh with Nikola Vucek. <laughs> I think I probably just butchered his name. But the, the the Bulls are a lot of fun. And and I think they're a lot of fun because with everything that's come out in the last maybe year and a half, ever since COVID really struck, right? You think of like the last like I've watched the last dance twice, Ev. So for me, getting to relive, you know, what we missed because we weren't born yet with, you know, the Michael Jordan golden eras with Chicago, right? Like there's there I think there's a nostalgia factor for a lot of older NBA fans who are getting to watch the Bulls be good again. That's I think is in of itself what really makes this fun. It's because we get to see a team that was once the the untouchable of untouchables, right? Like for our for our reference, you know, maybe Golden State in the in the early 2010s, mid 2010s, right? Uh, I, that's that's what the Bulls were back in in the 90s, and I think with Demar and Zach and Lonzo and everybody else coming together right now. 
it's going to be a fun, fun time to watch them try to sustain this and see how far they can go. Because for all intents and purposes, I still think the Nets are probably pound for pound the best team roster-wise. But to have the, the Bulls be two games ahead of them and winning the games they should be, that's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Now, I, I, I will say one thing, Ev, if you – the Bucks have beaten – or I'm sorry, when you talk about the Grizzlies beating some really, really good teams in that five-game stretch, um, <laughs> the Bulls have beat – probably the best team they've beaten are the Wizards. So they've won the Magic, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Hawks twice, and the, and the Pacers again, uh, the Rockets, and then the La- they started off with the Lakers. So by all intents and purposes, their eight-game – win streak are against teams they should be beating but hey it's the nba you know it's no no games guaranteed so shout out shout out to the bulls for getting it done there but it's just i i i love to have the bulls be in this conversation because it's also just new it's it's the same argument you can make with memphis they're a new team new kid on the block and like you know going back to damar damar when he gets that little iso spotlight on him it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun no question man um I uh I think you know we like our generation just wants to see the Bulls like <laughs> like like you said like compared to where they were like for guys like us that you know were infants slash babies when the Bulls were were who they were in the nineties I mean it would just be nice to have a different team you know like see something else I mean really you know what Derrick Rose Derrick Rose era was like the last time that you know the Bulls felt like fun. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, seeing them be fun again and, and seeing them kind of do it with a – it's weird. Like, I wouldn't – you know, I, I definitely – it's not fair to say that, you know, the Bulls don't have, like, stars on that team because they definitely do. But they're kind of guys that, I don't know, not B-listers, but they're, like, A-minusers kind of guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're 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 they're, they're, they're complementary role players to the star that they're is guys, Demar Derozan. They're guys that you didn't ever think would win in in Chicago. I think is kind of what I'm trying to say. Like you know, with Zach Levine, right? Like how I always figured Zach Levine's career would go was that he would have really good numbers in the first half of his career, eventually go join a you know become the third piece on you know a team that has a you know Kevin Durant or something like that, right? Right. Uh, that you know, and, and moving on, but but really, kind of what the Bulls are representing, I feel like, is almost a full, like a preview of what the NBA is going to be like when. LeBron retires when Durant retires like you know because right now we don't really have guys like that feel like what Durant and LeBron felt like in their first like year or two you know what I mean mm-hmm. like where it was like oh these, this guy is about to be the next 15 years of the of this entire league right you know we have a lot of stars we have a lot of guys that are really really good but not that level of dominance not that level of just like whatever and, and I, I and like, I and I think for the when when LeBron and Durant leave here, I mean, you're still going to have Steph probably at the tail end of his career, you know, still, you know, extending that three point record to, to marks will probably never, ever be. But it's, that's, that's good though. I think that's really, really good because you're just going to have so much talent spread out all over the league that it's going to reinvigorate the, the, the talent and, and the interest that the NBA can garner with that much, that much star power all spread out across the country. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, it's 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 setting up for a more fair league, and you know, a team like the Bulls being really, really, you know, towards the top. They're very they they very much scream to me a 2019 Toronto Raptor squad, right? I mean, yeah, you had yeah. you had Kawhi, you had your guys, so you think you have Demar, but you just had a like Fred Van Fleet was just like an, an unstoppable force in the playoff, right? Yeah, that no could question. be that could be Lonzo, that could be Steph, fuck, that could be Alex Caruso. You don't know, right? So there. There's definitely something special that I think could very, very well come into a full-fledged fruition in Chicago. But by all means, they're getting it done right now. Ride the hot hand because as the New York Knicks experience, uh, that hot hand can fade away real quickly. Yeah, them and like the Wizards and like mm-hmm. a few, you know, it, it's how it always goes where there's some teams that start extremely hot. I mean, I remember us talking about, are the Wizards real? And the answer was not really. And, you know, it only took them, what, maybe a couple weeks before they were, you know, back out of playoff contention. Basically. Um, you know, I will say that the uh, the the other team, the, I think, you know, just a random team that seems like they, they are they are underperforming right now, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if they end up being like, you know, a team that goes pretty deep in the playoffs is the the Celtics. Um, Jalen Brown is playing out of his damn mind yeah. these days. And uh, they, uh, you know, they're, they're 18 and 19, but you know, just hang around Celtics, you know, just, just hang around and, you know, well, and, 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 and that's all you have to do in the Eastern conference is hang around. Just I mean, be there. Mm-hmm. Just hang around, get there, and you'll be fine. You can't really say that in the West, but I, I agree with you too. The Celtics are a team that's that that that, that they could definitely cause a stir. You know, start sort of rattle the bones a little bit. Definitely can stir some things up. Yeah, no question. Um, Dom, is there anything else you wanted to say about the NBA? I no, I think I'm good. I I think we are good to wrap it up there. There's nothing else I need to say as of right now. But obviously, you know, like we said, there's going to be a lot more basketball talk. We'll start to even get more into college when all the college teams kind of get their their health back. Because as you can imagine, COVID's just been running rancid in college sports. Kind of like we talked about with the college football segment. I mean, a lot of teams are really starting to come back and get healthy off of uh, you know the holiday outbreak of COVID. So we'll have we'll have a lot more to talk about in the coming episodes and months here on down and out so i think we'll, we can save all that for another time f um i do believe our time limit is up here i do believe we need to let the people go yeah, the about their trying go, to get us off yeah trying to go about their day but while we're gone off air f they can go on to the twitterverse and go find us in social media spectrums uh yeah they can um basically what you need to do is uh, buy a computer um, and then no uh, just go on Twitter and on your phone and uh, go to at D-O-W-N A-N-D-O-U-T P-O-D-C-A-S-T just go there just go to that thing uh, at Down and Out Podcast on Twitter where we're going to share our episodes we might tweet some other stuff some uh, jokes some updates whatever the fuck we got going on um, and then, uh, you know, it, it, and if you want to say something to us, mean or nice, you can do that. Um, try to keep it nice. We'd appreciate it if you kept it nice. Yeah, it'd be, um, it, it'd be, it'd be nice, but we can take it if it's not. But, you know, like, you know, spread kindness. We're tough guys. We're tough guys, but we do encourage uh, love and uh, respect. Um, so do that. 
and then uh, from there, you can uh, go give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Music or Stitcher or wherever you're having to listen to this, uh, Napster, um, and and give us you know a, a five-star because, one, it makes us look good. It uh, also opens up you know opportunities down the road you know when we want to maybe pitch a collab or or do some other type of thing um you know saying hey look at all our ratings and look at you know our five star uh you know look at look at look at how much people like us they like us boom Um, and uh that that's that's good for us and it's good for you too because more good stuff could be on the way um Dom, that's all I got to say about the socials and the ratings. Uh, anything else? Yeah, I think as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro outro music. Glad to take them into 2022 with us. A lot of good things planned there. Been talking to JD a little bit, uh, so you know we're, we're we're always looking to expand our music role there too. Uh, so make sure you go give them some love on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, anywhere you you uh, you download us, you'll find us there too. So we appreciate them and uh yeah just go give us those five stars and appreciate of all the people who have already given us the five stars as well uh because we are a five star rated podcast already so big thank you to those who who have done it and helped us start 2022 on the right foot and we look forward to seeing you guys later this week we'll record on thursday evan yep that's about it so um folks it's been fun it's been real it's been down and out and until next time arrivederci Cool, calm, collected, but I love to act hectic Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick With the notepad out thinking about lyrics I ignored your story cause I didn't want to hear it Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch Where I went from rock to pool to cop a vibe like a fish Assist like white chocolate handing out a dish If the devil shows up then my soul he just wish I might accept the offer cause I want to grind like cause And give the trophies to my mama Make him sweat like a sauna Cause act like I can't then I'ma spit like a llama Take your girlfriend out And give a Balenciaga So check me out Fill me up and watch me bounce Cause the new man in the mirror Is looking like a mouse Switch places, change faces Now Buddha runs a house Trust hip-hop more than bitches So I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my God feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield And I'll make it shine Cause when I'm polished I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling Man in the mirror, doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again, but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a pow While besides, find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Damn, JD Uh, look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now